internet friends. I am one of your hosts. My name is Kirsty, and I'm joined by Casey. Hello. This is this is our much anticipated glacial worm episode. We said back when we started our Twitter account that if we got 150 followers, we would drink a bottle of wine each and answer your questions about glacial worm, which I uh, I have regrets. I have no regrets, but that's only because I'm most of the way through this bottle of wine. <laughs> what kind of wine do you have? I have a white Zinfandel, because oh, nice. I like pink wine. Nice. Oh, but you like what pink wine? Yeah. Oh, okay, I don't I have, no, I have no idea what Zinfandel is. My my wine shopping isn't looking at names of bottles, it's looking at the price and then picking the one in my chosen price bracket with the highest alcohol percentage. That That's fair. Mine is very, very similar, but I narrow it down to rosé wines unless I'm buying wine specifically to go with a meal, which is yeah. rare. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's cl- that's that's classy. I don't even do that. I don't. I just, I like white. I can't drink anything else. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell you what wine goes with what kind of food. I'm just like, fuck it. A Pinot Grigio goes with anything if you drink enough if, of it. If you if you like wine, it's the words. I mean, yeah, we've started, haven't we? Yeah. If you like wine, <laughs> try rosé because they're they're like whites, but they're a bit sweeter. See, I don't like rosé wine. Really? No, I just I don't like red, and rosé tastes too much like red wine. Oh wine no, red red tastes like meat. Yeah, yeah it does. I just, like I just it tastes like what? Sweeties. Oh no, I don't like it. Okay, so uh, we're a bit late starting recording tonight. And yes. I, I told Kirsty I would tell her why when we were recording All because right. she find it funny. Go for it. So I told you I was playing video games. Mm-hmm. So I was playing Fallout seventy six and I got distracted because I was doing one of the new quests that they added, uh-huh. where I have to take a picture of a cat. Okay, that's was, that's fair. It's the best quest ever, but I couldn't find any cats. So basically, that's why we're recording late, is yeah. because I, I couldn't find a cat to take a picture of. That's fair. I'm, I'm hoping that I can drink this entire bottle of wine and then eat enough chips that I can get up and potentially floor judge a standard event tomorrow. What to do is... Uh, oh, no, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> just, don't just, just wake up drunk. No, I was going I was going to say, take a leaf out of... Um, the tournament report I wrote for student nationals and you eat, eat a loaf half of a loaf of bread. Yeah, I mean, for, <laughs> that's for people that idea. don't know, I'm gluten intolerant. So that's possibly like the worst thing I could do. That would be like the opposite. That yeah, would be a surefire way of just that. ensuring that I didn't get up tomorrow at all. Yeah. We were talking uh, at GP London about drinking, because obviously we're Scottish. Um, yeah. Me and a couple of our friends, while well, we went to get dinner, and we were talking about, uh, you know, drinking and, and waking up and that moment, you know when you, you've been out drinking and you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh yes, I have no hangover. And you feel like mm. you feel like the, the best thing ever. And then it's kind of when you get up and start doing stuff that you realise that it's not that you don't have a hangover, it's that you're still drunk. Yes. And then you kind of have to, you know you're going to have this like creeping dread of when's it going to start and you're going to start feeling it at some point during the day. Mm-hmm. Which was really ironic because that next morning, one of our friends that we were staying with was in exactly the same position. Yeah. Oh, was that Liz? Yes. I wasn't going to name and shame, but yeah, yeah. Liz. Uh, I'll, to... name, I'll name and shame. <laughs> it sucks to be you, Liz. Sorry. Hi, Liz. We love you, really, but you were very drunk. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, we're, we're going to talk about Pinglacial Worm. 
We are going to talk about Pangolish so, Farm. Do we have to? We do. I promised people, and people got really excited about it, so we, we do have to. So what we're going to do is we got we said that people could send us rules questions, they could send us questions about anything about you know what it eats for breakfast or what kind of hats it likes to wear. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to do the rules ones first, because I feel like that's not a good idea as we get steadily further and further through these bottles of wine. Yeah. So let's start. Let's start with the rose questions. I, I will read them out, and I think probably Casey, being a sort of more experienced and higher level judge than me, is probably going to be able to parse these slightly better than I am. Okay, well, so, before we start on the rules questions, uh-huh. just in case anyone is unfamiliar with it, uh-huh. let's go over what Panglacial Worm does. Okay, why do so you, Panglacial why do you Worm me? is a, a rare creature from Cold Snap. It costs five green green, is a creature worm, and it is a nine five with trample, which all sounds nice. It all sounds nice and easy, but you might wonder why a nine five with trample for seven is rare. And that's because of the other ability, which is while you're searching your library, you may play Panglacial Worm from your library. Now, that's what's printed on the card. The oracle text is, while you're searching your library, you may cast Panglacial Worm from your library. Yeah, you heard that, right? That's that's what that card does. That's yeah. what it says. And I tried to explain this to a friend this afternoon. I was out for lunch with a friend who doesn't play magic. He, he has played magic a handful of occasions, so he kind of knows sort of how things work. And I showed him Panglacial Worm because I was explaining what we were doing this evening. And he looked at it and went, oh, that seems dead easy. That seems really easy. (laughs) What's the problem with that? You're searching your library and you you can cast it. And then I showed him some of the other cards that we've got some questions about. And he went, oh, no, Casey. Oh, no. Make it stop. Make it go away. I wish we could. But alas, you might remember if you listened to our first episode... Uh, I told a story about how I, I met a friend that I'd, uh, of, a, of a Discord server at the Judge Booth in London on uh, the Sunday of the GP. And he said to me, I have a judge question. And I went, right, okay, that's fine. And he started the sentence with, if I have panglacial worm, and I just left. I was like, nope, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna pretend that I can, I can get my mind around whatever's gonna come out of your mouth next. Yeah. So I, I, the, the same friend actually sent us a whole bunch of questions for this, by the way. So shout out to Zero. There are a lot of questions from Zero. Yeah. There was one that was direct message to us on Twitter. Oh, was from that? Ash. Oh, I didn't. Did you did you get that before I got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it now. Okay. Well, I know the correct answer, so. Well, so, so okay, this is going to be great because I, I need to. <laughs> we now need to wait till the end of the podcast to find out if what I think is the correct answer is what you think is the correct answer. The tension is killing me. The obvious question is includes one of the cards that's set in this in this little paragraph, which is Silvala Explode Returned, which says it's a card from Conspiracy, and it's got uh, an ability called Parley that says you can tap Silvala Explode Returned, and it says each player reveals the top card of his or her library. For each non-land card revealed this way, add one green to your mana pool and you gain one life, then each player draws a card. Importantly... That ability meets all the requirements for being a mana ability because it doesn't say you can only play it whenever you can play a sorcery. It doesn't target anything. It's not a planeswalker ability. It doesn't meet any of the other requirements. Yeah. So that is 
a mana ability and can be activated while you're casting a spell. I'm going to read out this one because it, it's an interesting one. Panglacial Worm is my only card in the library. Uh, I search my library and go to cast Panglacial Worm. Can I use Milliken or Sylvala Explorer Returned to pay for Panglacial Worm? In the case I can activate the mana abilities but cannot use the mana for Panglacial Worm since it's no longer in the library, those mana abilities cannot be rolled back. Is this correct? Okay, so the answer is different here depending on whether we're talking about Milliken or Sylvala. So okay. let's talk about Milliken first. Mm-hmm. Milliken is a creature originally from... Oh, I don't know. I'm looking at the Eternal Masters printing here. It's but originally there's, from it's Odyssey. From Odyssey, yeah. sure. So Milliken's rules text is tap, put the top card of your library into your graveyard, colon, add colourless. So again, that's a mana ability. That can be activated while casting spells. But the important part here is everything before the colon is the cost. So what we need to do now is talk about the steps of how you cast a spell. When you're going to cast a spell, the first thing you do is you announce it and you move it from wherever you're casting it from to the stack. So... Zero is searching the library. You want to cast Campfire Glacial Worm. They move it from their library to the stack. There are now no cards in their library, so they cannot pay the cost to activate Milliken. So we can completely rule Milliken out because there are no cards in Zero's library. That that make that yeah. makes sense. I am I've literally Step- had like I've had like two thirds of this bottle of wine and oh my god, it's going straight to my head. This is I have uh, my actual bottle is empty. Everything that I have left is in my mug with a picture of my eldest niece on it. This is gonna be fun. Okay, let's go back. Yeah. Let's talk about Silvala, because this so is the Silvala, one that most people asked about. Yeah, Silvala's different because okay. Silvala is tap, colon, each player does all the stuff. The the activation cost on Selvala is just tap. So Zero can pay the activation cost on Selvala. That's not a problem. There's no cards in Zero's library, so they're not going to reveal anything. But I'm assuming in this game Zero has at least one opponent, possibly even a teammate. So they're all going to reveal cards from their library, and Zero's going to get one green mana and gain a life, for each non-land card revealed this way, then those players are going to draw a card. So the problem Zero's going to have here is that Zero's just tried to draw a card from an empty library. So basically, yes, Zero, if they have enough mana, can cast the Pangalatial Worm, assuming they have enough opponents, because they've not said they've got any other mana sources. So I'm assuming Sylvala's their only mana source. Assuming they have seven other players in the game and they all reveal non-land cards, Zero is going to add seven mana to their mana pool, gain seven life, put Panglacial Worm onto the stack, finish resolving their search effect, and then they're going to lose the game for trying to draw a card from an empty library. The victory here, I feel like, is putting Panglacial Worm onto the stack. Yes. yes. That, that, was, that was Zero's mistake. Um, now, if not enough mana is generated to, to cast the Panglacial Worm. Zero's quite correct in saying uh, the mana abilities can't be rolled back. This Because of how Sylvala's mana ability works, it causes each player to draw a card. That can't be rolled back using the I tried to cast a spell and fucked it up rules that are in the com- uh, comprehensive rules. So 
Zero's still going to try and draw a card and still lose the game. So regardless of whether they're successful in casting the Pan-Glacial Worm or not, they're losing the game. Don't do this. Before we go on to the next question, a caveat on that. I am has been mentioned most of the way through a bottle of wine. <laughs> so please don't quote this ruling to your head judge. Please don't. If you, if you do this in a sanctioned tournament... Your head judge has the final say on anything in the tournament. I think if you're playing Panglacial Worm in a sanctioned tournament, we need to have a talk. Yeah. About what you're what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. To be so. fair. To be fair. Um, Zero was looking for one at the vendors at GP London to play in modern side events. Well, so that, that's that is, fine. It is. But Zero is not going to be playing it with Silvala in modern side events. That's true. Silvala is not legal in modern. Is Milliken not legal in modern? And Milliken is also not legal in modern. Yes. So we're all good. Sure. Okay. Our next question is from Alicia. I'm searching my library and want to cast a Panglacial Worm from it. I put it on the stack and now have the opportunity to activate mana abilities to pay for it. I tap my Milliken, which attempts to put Blightsteel Colossus into my graveyard, which is instead shuffled into my deck as a replacement effect because Blightsteel Colossus says that any time it would go in the graveyard, it gets shuffled in your deck. I only have one colourless in my mana pool, which isn't enough to pay for a Panglacial Worm, so we reverse my action of casting the Worm. We can't undo the mana ability since it moved a card to a zone other than the stack and caused a library to be shuffled, either being sufficiently preventative. Where does the Worm go in my library? And then there's a second part of this question, which says, You might say it doesn't matter, since the original search effect will always conclude with a shuffle. Not so fast! I now decided that actually I'd like to cast a second, different worm from my deck, and as before, I'd like to now tap a second Milliken to try to pay for it. What card does it mill? If the first worm was the first card in my library when this whole thing started, it's that way that it goes back so that it now gets milled. First of all, I want to know what format these people are playing, because it's it's Uh, Legacy. Sure, okay, I was going to say, it's obviously not Commander, because there's two worms and two Millikens. Yeah. It must be Legacy. So... So there's two different answers to Alesha's question here. Okay. One of them is... Okay, neither of them are strictly technically correct okay. by the letter of the comprehensive rules. But it depends on, as you say, what format Alesha's playing. Sure. So let's say Alesha's doing this in a casual game. That question, casual tabletop magic, uh, kitchen table, everyone's having a couple of beers... Everyone's having fun. When you activate the first Milliken, can't cast the Panglacial Worm, and want to uh, put the Panglacial Worm back into your library, we're just going to shuffle it in. Yeah. We're just going to shuffle it in because this is a casual game among friends, and we don't care. We don't care where it ends up. The other answer is if we are playing a sanctioned event. Now, this is probably not the answer Alesha is looking for, because this is not a rules answer. This is a policy answer. If I get called to the table and the player says to me, so I tried to, I'm searching my library, and I tried to cast this first Panglacial Worm, and I used this Milliken and milled this Blightsteel Colossus with it, and shuffled the Blightsteel Colossus back in, but I didn't have enough mana in my mana pool, to uh to to cast the blight steel to, to cast the pan glacial worm. 
So I had to reverse that by putting the panglacial worm back into my library. But now I want to cast this other panglacial worm by tapping this second millikin. And I want to know where the first panglacial worm should be in case it gets milled. We're going to be having a serious talk about why you are taking actions that are disruptive to the tournament. Because you are not playing the game, you are deliberately taking actions that are disruptive to the tournament and wasting the judges' time. At what point does just playing Panglacial Worm in general become disruptive to the judges' time? Um, <laughs> Is it when you have a second? It's 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 probably <laughs> when you also have Milliken in your deck, to be honest. <laughs> that's, that, that's completely fair. So we're going to move on to one that doesn't involve Silvala or Milliken. Zero says, I cast Dark Petition with Spell Mastery active. Can I use the three black mana produced by Dark Petition to cast Panglacial Worm from my library? That's easy. No. Okay, cool, moving on. <laughs> Next so, question. To, to give a bit more explanation on that, you are casting the Panglacial Worm during the resolution of Dark Petition, specifically during the resolution of the search part of Dark Petition. Yeah. When resolving a card or an ability... So in this case, Dark Petition, which is a sorcery, we resolve the abilities of that card in order. Did you just about say revolve? Yeah, we revolve them in order. (laughs) Okay. So we resolve the abilities of the card in the order that they are printed on the card slash written in the Oracle text. For Dark Petition, the Spell Mastery ability is after the search, so you don't add that three black mana until your search is complete. If your search is complete, you're past the point where you could cast the Panglacial Worm. So, short answer, no, you can't do that. Excellent. Next question also doesn't involve Milliken or Savala. Uh, Zero says, do I have to physically see the Panglacial Worm in my library to cast it? For example, if my opponent has an Avon Mind Sensor and I use a fetch land, there are four lands on top of my library, but I know there are Panglacial Worms in the rest of the deck. Can I cast them, since I'm technically searching my library anyway, and then resume my original search within the top four cards? Short answer, no. The the long answer, even Mind Sensor's ability replaces the search of the zone, in this case the library, with the search of part of the zone, so only the top four cards. So you're, you are no longer searching the library, you are searching the top four cards of the library. Side note, if you find a Panglacial Worm in those top four cards then Panglacial Worm still thinks you're searching the library because you're searching. So you can still cast it from those top four if you find one. But if it's not in the top four, you can't cast it. I have an aside question. Okay. Were you playing Magic in Cold Snap? Yes. Was Panglacial Worm a good card in Cold Snap? In like Cold Snap Standard or Limited or... I, I only played Limited when Cold Snap was out, because that was my kind of getting back into magic phase um, after I quit in Mercadian Masks, because it was shit. <laughs> Fair enough. So, no, it wasn't good and limited. Okay, that's I good. don't know if it was good and construct. Well, let's, let's go on to the next one. Also from Zero, I have to question whether you like it as a card, or whether you just like it because it's, it's awkward. Which is I think it's probably a little from column A and a little from column B. It's per- yeah, I mean, it's. I think a lot of people love it. There's like three cards, right, when people want to talk about things that, that screw judges up. Uh-huh. And the two out of the three of these are ones that people always go, they're not that complicated. And let me tell you, as an L1 who only started judging competitively like in the last year or so, that, that you're wrong. <laughs> so the first one, the first one is Chains of Mephistopheles. 
Casey, sorry, has a story about about James of Mephistopheles in the second one, which is uh, Sylvan. Is that is it Sylvan Library? Sylvan Library. Yeah. And, yeah so, so James of Mephistopheles, Sylvan Library, and the third one is Pinglacial Worm. And I'm gonna let Casey tell her story of. I, I think it was was it, is it a story from the first time you ever judged a GP. It wasn't the first time I ever judged his GP, but it was the first legacy GP yes, I ever judged. Yes, that's it. Okay, okay, tell this story, because it, it makes me break out in a cold sweat whenever I hear So there's it. an extra bit on this story that you might not know about, because okay, I don't it. know if I've told you this bit. So, back in the day, when we were judging Grand Prix, one of the things that we could apply for was room sponsorship, where... Uh, if you were on staff as a judge, there would be a, a certain number of the judges would be selected to have their hotel room paid for. You shared your hotel room with another judge, which is fine, because 99.9% of judges are great. Oh, God, so, I don't like this already now that you've said that. Whenever somebody says that, it always implies that the 0.01% is coming up. No, they're not coming up. I'm going to assume that what happened was a genuine misunderstanding, so they're not coming up. This Grand Prix was in Ghent in Belgium, and it was mosquito season in Belgium. So there was a sign on the window in our hotel room. I was I was sharing a room with a French judge that I didn't know. I couldn't even tell you to this day who it was. Uh, but there was a sign on the window that said, uh, "Don't open the window because of the mosquitoes." So there were two single beds in the in the hotel room. The other judge was sleeping in the one nearest to the window. And I was sleeping in the one furthest from the window. The uh, the other judge opened the the window during the night because it was very warm in the hotel room. And all the mosquitoes decided to completely ignore them, fly right over the other judge, and bite me from head to toe. So I woke up the morning, Saturday morning of the Grand Prix, my first legacy Grand Prix in a foreign country, covered from head to toe in mosquito bites. So I was... To put it mildly, itchy <laughs> as fuck. So I I deal with it. I go I go to the Grand Prix hall, get on the floor, start walking about, watching matches. It's legacy. Legacy's great. I'm enjoying watching things. Sure. My very first judge call at my first legacy Grand Prix was from two players who wanted to know what happened. At the risk of confusing everybody, let's go through what. Chains of Mephistopheles and Sylvan Library. Sylvan, what did I say? Sylvan. Sylvan, La- Sylvan Library. Sylvan Library. Let's go through what they do. So Chains of Mephistopheles says, "I'll use the original. Te- did, I'll use the original text because I assume this is what you were faced with at, at the GP." Oh, oh no, it was in it was in Italian. Oh right, I'm not going to read it in Italian. That's beyond me. I'll read out original English Chains of Mephistopheles. Okay. So original English Chains of Mephistopheles says, Every time a player draws a card, that player must first discard a card from his or her hand. If there are no cards in that player's hand, take the top card from their library and place it in the graveyard instead of drawing. This enchantment does not apply to the first card drawn by a player during the draw phase. Okay. And <laughs> Sylvan Library... Two in the background. Sylvan Library. <laughs> I just... Since, since I we're just, going... I just typed Sylvan Toot into Google. Sylvan Toot. <laughs> Sylvan Toot's a different card. Sylvan <laughs> Library, and since we're going by the original rules text printed on the card the from Legends, yeah. let's go with this. You may draw two extra cards during your draw phase, then either put two of the cards drawn this turn back on top of your library in any order, or lose four lives per card not replaced. <laughs> 
effects that prevent or redirect damage may not be used to counter this loss of life. Four lives. Four lives. Four lives. Was that is that a misprint or is that genuinely? No, it, it genuinely says lose four lives. But like is... back in nineteen ninety four, card templating was very fast and loose. Okay, lose four lives. Very fast and loose. And this is look, up, final... look up Rock Hydra at some point. Anyway, change the so anyway, I get called to the table, and neither of the players have particularly good English. Neither of them have particularly any English at all. I, I managed to, to work out from some pointing and motioning that they are asking me what happens because one of the players has just used their Sylvan library and their opponent has Chains of Mephistopheles in play. Now, to top it all off, as, as I mentioned, neither of them spoke English. They also didn't share a language. So I had to go and get two other judges to translate for me. And that was my first judge call ever at Legacy Grand Prix. It's round one. So these players don't have buys. So they're, I'm not going to say they're inexperienced, but they're, they're not. They're not professionals. They're not professional players. Yeah. They, they have turned up because they, they want to play in this Grand Prix because it's near them. They've not earned, it wasn't Planeswalker points at the time. It was, uh, a level threshold or something. It was, um, there was, there was a threshold you had to reach to get your first buy. And it wasn't that difficult. But these players obviously just wanted to turn up and play some Legacy. Yeah. They they didn't share a language. They didn't know how Sylvan Library and Chains of Mephistopheles interacted. And I had to explain this to them through two different translators. One for each player. So that was my first judge call at a Legacy Grand Prix. And I don't think I've ever had a judge call at a Grand Prix that's been as stressful. So it was good. It kind of set me up for life. So the next question is also from Zero, you absolute legend. (laughs) (laughs) So Zero says, let's say I have the emblem of Garrick, Collar of Beasts. I cast a Panglacial Worm from my hand. I use the emblem to find a second Panglacial Worm. And while while searching, I cast a third Panglacial Worm, triggering the emblem to get the fourth Panglacial Worm. In which order do they enter the battlefield? Okay, so first of all, Garrick Collar of Beasts. So Garrick Collar of Beasts emblem says, whenever you cast a creature spell, you may search your library for a creature card and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to name these panglacial worms. Oh, can I name them? Yeah. Okay, the first one's called Jason. Okay. Second one's called Brian. Okay. The third one is called Winston. Yep. And the fourth one is called Felicity. Okay. Jason, Brian, Winston, <laughs> and Felicity. Now, see, I was going to name them names that started with A, B, C, and D to make things <laughs> easy. But for sure, we'll go with Jason, Brian, Winston, and Felicity. So, okay, let's take this step by step. Zero casts Jason from hand. Garrick's emblem triggers, and that goes in the stack on top of Jason. That emblem ability resolves, 
and Zero now gets to search the library for a creature card. While they are searching the library, they find Brian. No, Brian was the second one. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. So they are searching the library. So they get to search the library for Brian. So while they're searching the library for Brian, they find Winston. They then get to, while searching the library for Brian, cast Winston. So they they cast Winston and Garrick's Garrick's emblem ability triggers. But this Mm -hmm. isn't going to go on the stack yet because we're still in the middle of resolving something. So Garrick's emblem ability is going to resolve and Brian is going to enter the battlefield. Now that Brian has entered the battlefield, Winston Winston's already on the stack on top of Jason, but the triggered ability from cast, casting Winston can now go on the stack and Zero can search the library and assuming that ability resolves, they'll find Felicity. So then Winston's going to resolve and then Jason's going to resolve. So, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> okay. I explained it all and I can't, for- I can't remember. <laughs> I've got this whole bottle of wine. But I explained that step by step. So if you go back, you listen to what I said, that's what happens. I would like to clarify that I had norovirus and conjunctivitis this week, so I've not eaten much for the past seven days. That's... Okay, that's fair. Uh, this one, theoretically... I, I say theoretically this one should be easier. I have absolutely no I'm, idea. I'm 99% sure that I got that one right. So okay. go back and listen to it, and I'm right. <laughs> okay, sure. We'll, 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 we'll say that. If you, if you want to complain, you can you can tweet us at Scourge Divas and you know tell your friends to follow us and complain us as well. <laughs> so, oh, fuck, there's more rules questions. Is there? Yeah. Oh, no, James. James. Let's answer James's. Right, it's let's fine. do James's rules questions. Okay, so the next question. The context of this is a comp rail tournament. First of all, if you're going to play Panglacia Worm in a comp rail tournament, I have equal amounts of like distaste and respect for you. I have way more distaste than respect. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was trying to be tactful, but let's just ignore that. Okay, we need names for the non-active player and active player. And since I named the Panglacia Worms last time, you can name them. Okay, so the active player is called Abby. Okay. And the non-active player is called... Norman. Okay. So Norman controls Teferi, Time Raveler, during Abby's main phase, Abby cracks a fetch land. So let's just roll back a bit. Teferi, Time Raveler, it's relevant to this question. Basically it says you can only cast spells uh, your opponent can only cast spells at any time you can cast a sorcery. Yeah. So Abby, during Abby's main phase, Abby cracks a fetch land and while searching casts a Panglacial Worm. Abby then puts a land onto the battlefield, shuffles and then casts Brainstorm as a sorcery. Brainstorm resolves. Abby draws and puts, you know, the relevant number of cards on top, and then passes priority. When Norman receives priority, Norman realizes that due to to ferry, the Panglacial Worm was an illegal cast and calls a judge. What is the correct procedure and what infractions are given out? I'm gonna, yeah, it says comrade. So com, uh, competitive REL. So this is an NMCQ. Yeah. 
okay. a GPD one. What is the correct procedure here, and what infractions are given out? Okay, so there's a different answer to this question depending on whether or not I'm a floor judge or a head judge at this event. So if I'm a, if I'm a floor judge, then I am going to go and find someone who is authorised to issue a backup. Let's put that to one side. Mm-hmm. Let's assume we're the head judge or someone authorised to do a backup. Mm-hmm. So. Let's look at the backup. What has happened since the point that we would need to, to roll back to? The pan-glacial worm has been cast. That's easy. That's easy to roll back. A land's been put onto the battlefield. We, we know what that land is. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's easy to roll back. A brainstorm's been cast. So three cards have been drawn from Abby's library. And two cards from Abby's hand have been put back. So where we go from here is dependent on what's happened previously in the game. Because if Norman knows what cards were in Abby's hand before the brainstorm was cast, it's really easy to back this up. Because we can put the two cards from the top of Abby's library back into their hand put the three cards that they drew back on top of the library because we know what cards should be in Abby's hand, and that's fine. We can back that up. That's no problem. We then continue to back up to the point where the pan-glacial worm was cast, put the worm back into the library, untap everything, and um, Abby can finish resolving their fetch land. If Norman doesn't know what's in Abby's hand, it becomes a bit more difficult. We need to, at that point, make an assessment on if there's been too much information gained to roll back the game state or not. And without knowing everything else about the game state, that's a bit of a difficult question to answer. I'm inclined to say that if Abby has cards in hand before they cast the Brainstorm, and Norman doesn't know what they are, I'm not going to back up. But that's going to be dependent on how many cards there are, how far through the game we are, a whole host of other factors. But I'm inclined not to back that up. Sure. Unless we can do it cleanly because Norman knows what cards Abby has in their hand, because Norman thought seized Abby the previous turn or whatever. The infractions are going to be game rule violations. So Abby's getting a game rule violation for casting a spell when they couldn't cast a spell. Norman's getting failure to maintain the game state. They're both getting a warning. So uh, we, we got James, We got the answer to James's first question. James's yep. second question is, uh, Abby's graveyard contains a Llanowar elves. Abby's library contains no other creatures with converted mana cost one and contains a copy of Pinglucial Worm. Abby casts Finale of Devastation where X equals one, intending to reanimate the Llanowar Elves. Is Abby able to, ca- to cast Panglacial Worm from the library this way? Now, this is an interesting question, because this depends on where Abby got their finale of devastation, which might sound fucking weird, but it genuinely does. So, if Abby got their finale of devastation out of a booster pack, what? or out of a booster pack on Magic Online, then the answer is maybe. Let's let's uh let's look at the, the rules text on Finale of Devastation. Yes. So it says search your library 
and or graveyard for a creature card with converted mana cost X or less and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. If X is 10 or more, creatures you control get plus X plus X and hasten till end of turn. So that's, that's normally the rules text on Finale of Devastation. So the, the question here is whether or not Abby chooses to search their library. Even if they know there's no creatures in their library that have converted mana cost one or less, there's no valid targets for Finale of Devastation on the library. They're still allowed to search it, but they can choose not to. So if they choose to search their library and not find anything and only find the land of war elves in their graveyard, mm-hmm. then yes, they can cast the Panglacial Worm. If they choose not to search their library, then no, they can't find the Panglacial Worm. However, if they got their finale of devastation on Magic Arena, the answer is always yes. Because the text on finale of devastation on Magic Arena is different. It is a functionally different card on Arena than it is to in Tabletop Magic and Magic Online. Because on Magic Arena, a very important word is omitted from the card. It says, search your library and graveyard for a feature card with converted mana cost X or less, blah, 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 blah. Then shuffle your library, blah, 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 blah. So you have no choice but to search your library. So this isn't important when it comes to Panglacial Worm, really, because if you want to cast the Panglacial Worm, you're going to choose to, to search your library. Yeah. Where this is important, and I'm going to use this as an aside, because this is actually kind of a thing in both Standard and Limited right now, yeah. is with the God Eternals. So with the God, when the God Eternals die or get exiled, they are going to go back into their owner's library third from the top. If you cast a Finale of Devastation in Tabletop Magic or on Magic Online, because I've checked the Magic Online functionality and it works like it does on Tabletop, and you want to get a card from your graveyard, you can choose not to search your library. And text specifically says, if you search your library this way, shuffle it. So you can choose not to search your library, and as a result, not shuffle your library, leaving your previously dead God Eternal where it was. If you're playing on Magic Arena, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. You have to search your library so your God Eternals get shuffled back in regardless of what you do. So this is, uh, for Panglacial Worm, this question's not very interesting. Oh, so for Panglacial Worm, for Ilhard playing... the Razebore, this question is really important. <laughs> So now that we're done with the rules questions, yes, let's move on to the not rules questions that, that people ask us. Okay. The first one is from uh, Two in a Blue on Twitter. And Two in a Blue says, what kind of car does Panglacial Worm drive? Ford Fiesta. <laughs> why? Two in a Blue didn't ask why. <laughs> they just asked what kind sure, of car. Sure, what kind of car. Ford okay, Fiesta. that's fair. I'm going to ask why. Why does, why does Panglacial Worm drive Ford Fiesta? Look, Panglacial Worm doesn't have a lot of money. Uh-huh. All it can afford is a 1998 registration Ford Fiesta. It doesn't run very well, the fuel efficiency is not fantastic, but <laughs> a glacial worm can afford. As someone whose mother used to drive a 1998 Ford Fiesta with shitty fuel efficiency, that's relatable. A Ford, like Fords are great cars because they're the kind of cars that you won't ever struggle to get parts for. 
That's true. A 1998 Ford Fiesta will run for pretty much as long as you want it to run. Always going to get scrap parts on a Ford Fiesta. Good choice, but Glacial Worm. I appreciate that. Uh, 8-Bit Archer asked, what music would you play in a movie where the Penglacial Worm comes to save the day in the next Jurassic Park film? Raining Blood by Slayer. (laughs) Why? Could you imagine that? Yes, actually that'd be amazing. It sounds like it would be Raining Blood by Slayer or something so incredibly not save the day-ish, like girls just want to have fun. Yeah, I mean... I, I did think about something like that, like Barbie Girl by... No, by yeah, Carson. okay, yeah, but, sure. Um, No, I think Rain and Blood by Slayer. Okay. I'm going for epic, not humorous. Okay, how about, humour me, okay. Slayer covering Girls Just Want to Have Fun? How about, <laughs> humour me, <laughs> okay. Aqua covering Rain and Blood? I would 100% buy that. Yeah. Okay, our friend Acer, shout out for Acer, Acer's awesome. Asks, what does Panglacial Worm love to eat the most? The MPL. Yeah. Joe, I'm going to stop here and give a shout out, right? Because Joe Loudon asked, how many members of the MPL could a Panglacial Worm eat in one sitting? And I'm going to give a shout out to Joe Loudon and Sam Neill, who do a podcast called Out of Devastation, which is awesome. But Joe says, how many members of the MPL could a Panglacial Worm eat in one sitting? So, I've been thinking about this. Okay. I've I've given it a lot of thought, and I have the um the MPL roster uh-huh. open in front of me in a web page right now. So as we are recording this podcast, mm-hmm. there are thirty one members of the MPL. Yeah. Right, I have I have a follow up question, a magic related question after this. You probably know okay. what it is already, but sure. So of the thirty one members of the MPL, I didn't think about how many of them could Panglacial Worm eat. What I considered was which ones would Panglacial Worm not eat? Okay. <laughs> so Panglacial Worm is not going to eat Autumn Burchett mm-hmm. because you and I have both seen their death stare. That's here. 100% true. Panglacial Worm would back the fuck off. Pa- Panglacial Worm would back the fuck off of Autumn Burchett. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have been to dinner with Autumn. Autumn probably doesn't remember this. Uh-huh. Uh, and Autumn does not do their death stare while they're eating delicious barbecued food. It was lovely. It was entertaining. And then I saw them on the pro tour, and holy shit. That cuts us down to 30. So let's think also about the nicest men in Magic the Gathering. Let me just Google Magic Pro League to confirm who's in the NPL. Uh, okay, so Reed Duke is not getting eaten by then. Reed Duke and Jerry Thompson, the nicest men in Magic the Gathering, yeah. Panglacial Worm wouldn't eat them. No. They're too nice. Yeah. They're too nice. Too nice. That that leaves 28. Uh-huh. And then Paolo Vitor Damo de Rosa, a.k.a. Pablo Doritos. <laughs> okay. Okay. Have you never heard Paolo being called Pablo Doritos? <laughs> no. This is, a, this is a regular nickname for... DVDDR. I'm I'm I am not making this up. He regularly gets called Pablo Doritos. Panglacial Worm doesn't like spicy food. So Panglacial Worm's not gonna eat Pablo Doritos. Doritos are too spicy. So that leaves twenty seven. So the only people that are being disqualified from getting eaten for being nice uh-huh. are Jerry Thompson, yeah. the man who donates his Pro Tour winnings to Planned Parenthood. 
and also Reed Duke, and Reed the man Duke. who interrupts his Grand Prix winner photo shoot to go and help someone jumpstart the car. And also his hair is so lovely. Agreed. It's the only moment I've ever had while I've been judging at an event where a fangirl of a little inside is when I handed Reed Duke's team their match slip at a team Grand Prix. And uh. Reed Duke but look, he looked at me and said, thank you, Judge. And <laughs> I didn't know how to respond. Basically, there are 31 members of the MPL. Yeah. Panglacial Worm isn't going to eat Autumn, Reed, Jerry or Paolo. So the, 27. The question, is, the question remains, could Panglacial Worm eat 28 MPL members? Panglacial Worm could eat. If there were 32 people in the MPL, yeah. Panglacial Worm could eat 32 people. Okay. But... Of the members of the MPL, Panglacial Worm could eat 27 of them. Oh, that feels really bad, though. Why? Because I, there's so many people that I don't want Panglacial Worm to eat. Look. <laughs> it's okay, Kirsty. Panglacial Worm's not real. I know, but in my in this metaphorical situation, it is. Listen, if Panglacial Worm eats these 27 members of the Magic Pro League, then they'll probably cancel the league. Mm-hmm. And as things stand right now, Autumn's in first place, Autumn wins, it's all good. Uh, that's fine. I, I can live with that. Okay. David Bloomer has asked, uh, what kind of wine does Quinglacial Worm drink? This is interesting. Uh, I feel like you're more qualified to answer this than I am. So the answer to this question, I've, I've done a little bit of research and I figured that because Panglacial Worm's from Cold Snap, the the type of wine that Pan Glacial Worm likes the most is probably a German Eiswein, which is a, a type of dessert wine that's produced from grapes that have been frozen while still on the vine. So the sugars don't freeze, but the water does. So the wine's really, really sweet. Interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a dessert wine. It's incredibly sweet. It's so sweet. I fucking love Eiswein. It's so good. It's really expensive, though. I've never had this, and I feel like I should. You, sh- you definitely should. It's so 100%. sweet. It's lovely. 100%. Next time, next event that we're at, we should have this. Definitely. 100%. Okay. Uh, James Keating says, where are, ch- where are Penglacial Worm's eyes, and what's with the giant nose hump? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pause you there, and I'm going to read the next question, because I feel that the next question answers the first question. So Jeff Still says, I see a glacier, but I don't see a pan in the arc. Where does Panglacial Worm keep its pan? <laughs> so that is that that is that is half of the answer to James's question. The other half is where are Panglacial Worm's eyes? I'm gonna direct people to the the Tumblr blog, uh, Magic Cards with Googly Eyes. Yeah. Which is where I found the answer to this. It's literally a pair of googly googly eyes stuck on uh, Panglacial Worm, and it it will answer every question that you have. Every single question, even every, the rules questions. Every, every the rules questions, that is the answer. Uh, Mark, our friend Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Asks, uh, do panglacial worms tend to prefer chasms or ravines? I mean, what they actually prefer is glaciers. Yeah, okay, but, but assuming they're in a world where there are no, the glaciers have been uh, eliminated from the ecosystem. Given a choice between chasms and ravines, panglacial worms prefer chasms. I would, I would agree. They're, they tend to be deeper. They've got more space to hide from predators. Yeah. You might, you might wonder what sort of predator panglacial worms have. The answer, as usual, is fucking dragons. 
Mark has also asked, assuming I have access to sufficient mana, how many worms is too many? Five. Legally, yes, five. I'm going to go with about two. Okay. Technically one. (laughs) If you're playing Panglacia Worm in a constructed deck, then I have have some questions for you. But yes, legally, in terms of like, you know, tournament rules, yes, five. Mark has also said, should I put Panglacia Worm in my cube? In a cube, no. In your cube, Mark, yes. Why? Because I don't have to deal with it. It's Mark's cube, not mine. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Zero says, how good of a sleeping bag would Pinglacial Worm be? Depends whether or not it's dead. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, okay, sure, I'll give you that. It looks warm, but at the same time, I don't fancy the peristalsis of a Pinglacial Worm. This is a question from Nick. Uh, it says, if Pinglacial Worm was an MTG content creator, which content creator would they be? So I gave this some thought. Panglacial Worm is is pretty good, right? Uh-huh. It's it's a 9-5 or 7 mana. That's, yep. that's a reasonable rate. That's yep. a pretty reasonable rate. But it's got this ability, right, uh-huh. that lets you cast it while you're searching your library. So a 9-5 Trampler for 7, yep. that's, that's, that's good, but being able to be cast from your library, that's just annoying. That's just there to troll people. It's, so, it's just yeah, there to so piss annoying. people off, troll them, and like make for awkward questions, make for awkward situations. And it's bas- it's having a fucking laugh is what it's doing. It's having a laugh at its like other cards expense. Panglacial worm is Louis Scott Vargas. The biggest troll in the magic content creation community, Panglacial Worms Louis Scott Vargas. Uh, and I say that someone who loves LSV to bit. This is the divisive question because this this might end this might end my friendship with Casey right now. Does Panglacial Worm put the jam on a scone before the cream or the other way around? I'm gonna defer here because Casey has the definitive answer. The defensive answer. Hang on, I need to brace myself because I might I might lose a friend here. You put the cream on first. Oh, thank the God. Jam. Thank God. Thank God for that. That is the correct way. That might be the controversial, but... Oh. goes on first. Why would you put the jam on first? The cream we're talking about here is clotted cream. Exactly. It's not like runny like, fucking like, like, single cream. <laughs> you know, like just that. pour it it's on. Not, but, yeah, we're talking it's like clotted cream. It's the consistency cream. of water. Yeah, like thick cream that's not going to just dissolve yeah. the scone. We're talking cream that you could sculpt a little house out of. Exactly. Like, we're not talking runny cream that just dissolves everything. We're talking actual thick cream. Why would you put jam on and then cream? I just, I genuinely don't understand people that... that we're going to lose followers over this. Let's just accept it right now. We, we we are, but 100%. we don't but want to. At the same words. time, at the same time, I don't understand people that put jam on it. I I can't even find the words to articulate. No, how, how no, neither. I'm sorry. I can I can only assume that the people that put the jam on first and then the cream are using the wrong type of cream. Yes, hundred percent. Like you're not using. Actual cream. If you're using the wrong cream, putting the jam on first makes sense. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Um, and the last question we have is, why won't Panglacial Worm return my calls? This is from Cameron, and I have an answer for this one. So, um, our friend Cameron is a, a previous Mythic Championship competitor, 
And my, 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 my line of thinking here is that nobody is playing Panglacial Worm at the Mythic Championship. I think Panglacial Worm is intimidated by Kamino. Now that's reasonable. I think I think that Panglacial Worm sits opposite Cameron at a tournament and thinks this is a this is a, this is someone with a mythic championship playmat. Panglacial Worm is not good at magic. Anyone who has an ability that says I can be cast from your library is not good at magic. I think that Panglacial Worm just finds this intimidating. Can I give a different answer? You can. Cameron, you know what you did. for uh, tuning into this total fucking disaster that was this Panglacial Worm episode. I'd uh, love to say let's never do this again. <laughs> but, yeah. But. If we if we get to, uh, 250 twittle for, twittle? Twitter followers, um, I've promised to do this again, but with Shahrazad, which, as you may know, is the card that should never have been printed. Uh, so if you want to make that happen, you can tell your friends to follow us at Scourge Divas on Twitter. Um, you can email us any comments or questions at scourge.divas at gmail.com. Our individual Twitter accounts are available via the Scourge Divas Twitter, but in case you're wanting to follow us individually, I'm at Hayworth Artist on Twitter. I'm at Purple Snap on Twitter. So you can follow us and, and tell us how wrong our scone having opinions are. Uh, tune in next week. We'll be back with our usual uh, blend of magic commentary and Scottish ridiculousness. We'll have a new Tibbles Radio next week. We'll have a new Tibbles Radio next week of undisclosed yep. nature as of yet. Be very we'll exciting. We'll have to tune in and find out. We'll have to tune in and find out what's pissed us off in the past week. We don't even know yet. We don't even know. The week is young. We don't even know what's pissed us off. We will see you next week. Goodbye, magic friends.